Welcome to a low-budget, no and no-budget podcast production. Welcome to the quarantine sessions. In every episode, I will be talking to one street theatre artist, asking them how and why they took up their profession and, perhaps most interestingly, how they're dealing with the situation today. To quarantine sessions, it's going to take more than a worldwide lockdown to keep us down. So today I'm with Rita Bukert. She's a clown, a performer, an acrobat. How did you start with street theater? Um, I start with street theater already when I was studying in Spain. All my teachers were also performers, so I get in touch there already with my first street shows. They make really like, uh, not shows, but theaters. It's not the same for me. There's a difference and there I start already not as a clown like now what I'm doing, but more really doing theater things. And this is how I get in touch doing it by myself. Often street theater is juggling or entertaining and they were more doing theatrical shows. Yes. For example, we did a theater about the violence against women, for example. This was a really beautiful moment when we performed this theater show in, on the street. The people were like crying there and they really get in touch. This touched me also because I'm the actor. So this for me was the entrance somehow. It's actually interesting because most of the people that I've talked to, they've come more from the entertainment side. And so that's actually more the, from the acting side? Yes, I came from the acting side there, yeah. And for me, it's also something really different. Do a good show or do street theater. They're two very different kind of works. I suppose the one form of theater, the, the street theater, it's not really possible or it's very much harder to do spontaneously on the street. And especially if you want to earn money from it in the end. So it probably works better in an invited situation or did it work very well on the street um, and the theater thing was also the same um, conditions like a spontaneous uh, audience of course some who know about it and they came to see that but the starting point is the same no mm. the, the people stay or not <laughs> so the conditions are the same you took part in a school in Canada yes a circus school or it's a theater a, school It's both. It's a circus school and also we had a lot of theatrical subjects. We have these two legs, mm -hmm. yeah, because it's not that circus school where you have to do four years only circus. This is like a combination of both. You do many different shows. You've done like a clowning show together with me and Anita and you've done work with the masks with theater rap. But your solo show on the street is now an acrobatic Can you describe your show on the street action? My street show is a woman from the 1960s. It's a housewife without husband who is really upset with only using the Hoover. I do a lot of clown things or slapstick uh, in combination of acrobatics, but also I'm telling a little bit of story and it's packed in a little theater show. It's yeah. an emancipated story. So yes, in the end, she is getting emancipated and she has another houseman. <laughs> I don't know how to say in English. And she is the superstar. And yeah. What does the audience get out of the show? Yeah, they are laughing. The children, they understand it on her way. And the 
older generation, they love the show because they laugh about their old history. And yeah, so... I suppose you can also get a lot about emancipation in this yeah. piece if you want to, because, I mean, it is still a subject which is relevant today. Yeah, it is, but it's also a show, no? So it's, it shows a bit of the emancipation, of course, but it's packed also in something that at the end is also, for me, good to perform. Do you think it's different for a woman to do street theater than for a guy? Yes, it, there is a difference because there are not so many women on stage performing as a clown. But the scene is growing, uh, so there are more women outside now performing and really good one also. And sometimes I have the feeling that as a woman I can't do the same gags like a man. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you... If you I've, I've noticed that as well. I find like I, I play my show very much... Often I get undressed, I do a lot of sexual innuendo jokes and I have a feeling that it's culturally not so accepted for women to do that. Me as a woman, I have a limitation. I can't do this kind of, sorry, cheap or easier um, jokes because it brings me in a space where I don't want to be as a woman no? because it's like too sexuality. Then it's, oh, what is she do? This is, I mean, this is... Uh, strange uh, and it's not funny and uh, as a clown I'm looking for the laugh so uh, we have to find another doors mm -hmm. to open this is a challenge but it's it's okay we can't just copy the things that we already see <laughs> we have to well, we guys can <laughs> you can this is why I said I'm a bit jealous because these kind of things work. But for a woman, it doesn't work like that. You have really to search for new stuff. Yeah, but it's okay. So you take a lot of men and, and dress them up in, in skirts and kind of reverse the roles that one would expect. Do you ever get like any negative reaction from the guys who have to suddenly be like the opposite of their masculine selves? No. Uh, they love it. This is really so funny because I started also in a different way, but in Italy, like street street shows. And even then, always the guys, they love their roles. And at the end, I really make dangerous things with them. Not only using them only like ridiculous characters, I also use them like bases huh, who are holding me for my acrobatic stuff and they love it also. If they don't want, um, this happened maybe one, two times that they say I just can't because of my back and then I had to react really quickly to find a solution for the situation. But at the end, they always come to me and say it was so funny, thank you, we love it, like that. Yeah. So you took part in a circus school and then you left the school and were ready the same as me, after I left school, I was ready to start my career as a performer. And at exactly that moment, you became pregnant and you got a kid. And you took some time off then. And now you're starting again and now instead of a kid, there's Corona. Is that ever a little frustrating? Yes, it is uh, very frustrating. When I was pregnant, I still performed uh, as a trapeze artist, for example. But after my pregnancy, I just let the trapeze go <laughs> because I couldn't get in in this kind of training that I had before. I mean, I was training like 
almost every day and I didn't get into that. This was really frustrating for me that I had somehow the feeling I couldn't go back to my routine of what I had. And then I said, okay, if I can't do it only like two times a week, it's, it's just not enough to do a good trapeze act, for example. So and then I changed. And then it was, this was also the beginning that I said, I would like to decide to go more to theater, to the clown. This is my passion. Because I'm about to get a kid with Anita. And it's the interesting question that we've thought is performing with a kid in the background, is it harder than when you were single on your own and just performing on the street? Of course it is. The whole situation with the child in the background, I get nervous and the show was like, okay, just do the show. <laughs> But how is my child? Because sometimes it was like I, I was carrying my stuff on stage on top Kaya is sitting until the end I don't have somebody who is looking for her and the end I, I saw a friend an artist and I'm like you have to stay here because I have the show now and you she's a really easy child I just she, she's watching my show don't worry but I would like that somebody is responsive so um, yeah and then was like okay now I can start my show I'm not prepared at all but it's okay so it's different. It's uh, totally different because without child, yeah, you you only by yourself, and you can may have a meditation, a good warm up, and all the things in between. What you have with the child is like she's crying, and you give the chest feeding, <laughs> and then you go on stage. Hey, hey, I'm so happy to be here, and. Of course, it's it's a difference. Yeah. It's probably a part of your brain which is always then reserved for the child because you're wondering, is she okay? She's screaming. What does she think about the show? Will she like the show? No, it, it, during the show, not. Okay. But all the things before, the preparation, and mm. also after the show ends, and then you, tack, uh, the show ends. <laughs> and you go, because you have another um, show. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and, and it's okay, but it's totally different and it changed a lot, of course. Uh, getting a child, every parent know that. It changed the life completely. And uh, is there something that festivals or other performers could do to make it easier for you when you're in a festival? Of course, if there's somebody who uh, look after the child and this kind of organization or... When the grandmother was with me on festival, I was so relaxed because she could be part of it because the hotel was also booked for her. And this was really a different kind of performing. Then you have really the time to talk with the colleagues and uh, or, or have a good warm-up or something like that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. This helps a lot. One of the things I ask myself is, why do I ask these questions of the women that I interviewed? Because now I've interviewed like three guys, two women. And I ask the question of the women, but I don't ask the question of the men, which is I find interesting because Peter and, and mm. Steve and Jules, they all have kids. But it seems to go without saying that they can probably continue their career just as before. So I think that's probably a, maybe a structural problem still in the scene and also probably still in me. Yes, I mean, we have still this kind of emancipation discourse and it's not over still. Yeah, we, we still have to come closer all together, the men and the women. But we are really on a good way and um, yeah, but 
I mean, it's a pity that we still in the 20th century still have uh, this kind of conversation, but it's good that we have. I mean, yeah. at least we have a conversation. At least, yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. Which things in your work do you find easy and which ones do you find difficult? Easy? Nothing. <laughs> um, easy is to create, to have ideas in the mind. This is easy. But uh, what is really difficult is to bring it born, like really uh, on the ground. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I don't know. Um, this is the most difficult things, how you get your impression outside and how you make it commercial, for mm. example. This is for me the most difficult thing. This is also why I, I'm still like, how does this work? Um, be, sell yourself is really difficult mm. thing. Yeah, because it's not enough that you may be good You have also to be good on this kind of commercial thing, like marketing thing. This is for me the most challenging thing. And it's really like two different subjects, I find. Yeah. Like being creative is one subject and you can be really good at that. And then the, the organizational talent, especially if you're not just working on the street, but actually in festivals and the organization talent is another talent that you need to learn from scratch. And they don't necessarily mix. No. Does all the comedy come naturally to you or do you train for hours in front of this, the, the mirror? I train for hours every day. I when knew I, it. <laughs> <laughs> for example, when I look in the mirror in the morning, I can't only go passing through the mirror. I have to... <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, I think somehow the... Clown thinks it's something naturally, but you also have to train that. It's like a muscle too, mm -hmm. because uh, otherwise you don't know the how is the audience respond or my colleagues or me. <laughs> uh, yeah, you have mm -hmm. to train that, but it's difficult to explain how you do that. Yeah, because clowning <laughs> is extremely difficult to practice alone in a room. Yes. Wow. Yeah. This is also a really difficult thing, um, like rehearse alone. This is really not so easy. Mm. And the discipline, it's not about only the discipline. You don't have a response and you just go ahead mm. and you go further and then you think, ah, oh, maybe it works. And then uh, you stay in front of the audience first time and then, oh, it don't work. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I have to change something. Yeah, I yeah. really feel that because at the moment I'm rehearsing a new piece and, and even if it's not you alone, even if you have a director, the first time it feels really funny and the second time you think like, why am I doing this? <laughs> and by the tenth time you're like, no, maybe I should do something else because this isn't funny at all. So it's really yeah. difficult. Planning yeah. is just so hard to practice. Standing in an empty room going, yeah, I think the people are laughing now. <laughs> Quite a silly pastime. Uh, what will you take with you from this pandemic, if anything? I take with me time that I never felt so much. I don't know how to explain, but there is time for doing maybe nothing, to be bored somehow, new feelings. <laughs> <laughs> Um, also, I'm, I'm starting now with learning an instrument, like the accordion now. I have really time to just, two times a day, I just, it's standing there and I 
grab it and playing a bit. This is what I really, uh, and, and time also to be in the afternoon with my, my daughter, go outside in the nature, I really enjoy that. Yeah, this is what, what I really yeah, enjoy. And has it been difficult to keep yourself motivated to perform in this time? Because just before the pandemic started, your career was rolling again slowly and now it's taken a pause. Has it been difficult to keep yourself motivated? This is really a challenge uh, also for the mind, for the body. Like always this question, why? What? How, how does it go further? I mean, this is really sometimes so frustrated and, and dismotivated, but then also I think, oh, no, now I have to time, maybe I create something new and I have a new idea already uh, what to do. And also I, I'm training once again and have time for that. But when do I do that? So yeah, this is not so easy in the mental. Do you have any advice for, for all of us struggling at home, not being able to perform? If I'm depressed, like there's no time to perform now, I'm, I have so many ideas what else we can do or I can do. I'm not so worried about that I can't be on stage now because there are 100,000 things you can do. So I don't know, to just do something is good somehow. <laughs> And also it is okay to be bored because bored is also could be a very creative thing from this boredness. I saw, I saw that in, um, uh, when I see my daughter, when she's really bored, somehow she's getting out and then she's not bored at all because she's constructed something or, yeah, and for me it's the same. And I, if I think I'm really, really bored, then at the end I'm doing something, I'm painting or I don't know. So enjoy the boredom. Somehow, yes. Yeah. Okay. Thank you very much, Rita. Very happy that you are here and fantastic that you, like all the other poor German-speaking people, are forced to speak English. And thank you for managing so well. Thank you, Shiva. And that's it from this week. Thanks for being with us. Come and join us again. Sign up to the podcast. Tell your friends. And if you really liked it, why not go overboard and buy the book? This is what we do for a living. See you next time.